good day and welcome back to the Homegrown Horticulture Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about some extremely common fruit tree questions. The Homegrown Horticulture Podcast is specifically for the Intermountain West, an area where our unique soils and climates makes it extremely difficult to find information for crops that we really enjoy growing and things that will do well in our yards. And so our first question is an extremely common one. Can an apple tree pollinate a peach tree? Or you could ask, could my plum tree pollinate my pear tree? Before getting into the details on this question, I want to refer to the animal world where, you know, a dog can have babies with a dog and a cat can have babies with a cat. But you can't get this strange dog-cat hybrid because both species have different numbers of chromosomes and they're fairly distantly related. So in the animal world, you have to have a male and a female of the same species to produce offspring. In the plant world, it's the same way where you can't have an apple tree and a peach tree growing next to each other somehow cross-pollinate because of genetics, different numbers of chromosomes, and the trees are just too distantly related. Now, to explain this a little bit further, if you have a Fuji apple tree and you really love Fuji apple tree and plant a second one, these two Fuji apple trees will not cross-pollinate each other because they're not compatible, even though they're the same species. What happens is that the tree recognizes the pollen, even though they're two different Fuji apple trees, as its own. And because it was pollinated with its own pollen, the tree will abort the flower. And so you need a different cultivar or variety of apple to actually cross-pollinate that Fuji apple tree. Personally, I really like Golden Delicious Apple as a cross-pollinator because it blooms at a time where it's going to catch most of the trees and it's compatible with about all other apple trees. This example with the Fuji apples holds true for other species of fruit trees to where you cannot cross-pollinate with two Bing cherries or, say, two Satsuma plums. You have to have two different varieties of the same species to get cross-pollination. Another question I commonly get fits into this discussion quite nicely, and that is, is do I need to have two different kinds of every fruit tree to get good pollination in my orchard. And so this would be two different varieties of apples, two different varieties of peaches, two different varieties of sweet cherries, etc. The answer to this is quite nuanced to where, yes, having two different varieties of every tree in your orchard is very beneficial because it helps maximize your harvest. There are situations where you can get away with just one tree because some fruit tree species are self-pollinating. These include peaches and nectarines, tart cherries or pie cherries, and in general European plums and apricots. Conversely, apples, sweet cherries, pears, and Japanese plums all require cross-pollination from another tree of the same species but a different variety. But if you do not have room for all of these trees, there actually are some exceptions. In the apples, Golden Delicious Apple is semi-self-pollinating, and so you can just plant one and you'll still get a pretty decent harvest. In the Japanese plums, a variety called Santa Rosa is also semi-self-pollinating, and you'll get an okay harvest out of it. And when it comes to sweet cherries, you really need to take them on a case-by-case basis, whether they are self-pollinating or not. 
popular varieties such as Bing and Van and Rainier, Royal Anne and Lambert are not self-pollinating, but Stella, Black Tatarian, and Lapins are, along with Sweetheart and Benton, which are two newer varieties. And so if you're going to grow sweet cherries, just be sure that you know if they're at least semi-self-pollinating, and the ones on this list are fairly common at local garden centers. And since we've been talking a lot about fruit tree flowers and pollination, I wanted to cover one other topic related to this, Now, as your trees start to flower out, many fruit trees actually benefit from having the fruit thinned. The benefits of this include helping the tree keep up with its needs for energy so that they don't put too much energy into fruit production and then lack the ability and lack the energy to overwinter well. The other thing that thinning the fruit will do is actually make it easier to control pests that get into the fruit because they're more spaced out. It also is beneficial because it improves the fruit quality to where you may have fewer fruit, but that fruit is going to be sweeter and larger. And in the end, you're actually not going to lose out on much as far as pounds of fruit produced because it'll just be larger fruit for the most part. As far as thinning the fruit, you have a couple of options. The first one is to actually thin the flowers as they come out on the trees. An example of this would be in apples to where as those blossoms emerge, you'll have what's called a king bloom, which is slightly larger and comes out first, and then you have other flowers open behind it. You would take all the flowers off but the king bloom and make sure you have these king blooms spaced every six inches to foot along the branch. I don't really like this method because oftentimes when our fruit trees are blooming, there's danger of frost still. And so what I like to do is actually wait until there's fruit on the tree in late May to early June and the fruit's about the size of a pea. What I will go do is then thin those apples in the clusters down to the largest one in the cluster with the same spacing. Peaches should also be spaced along with nectarine so that there's one fruit for every six inches to foot of branch. Then larger apricots and Japanese plums also benefit from fruit thinning. Well, that is going to be it for this episode. I greatly appreciate your attention and time. Have a great week. The Homegrown Horticulture Podcast is a production of Utah State University Extension. The intro and outro music is composed by Savannah Peterson, a Utah State University horticulture assistant. It is used by permission. The intro and outro music is composed by Savannah Peterson, a Utah State University horticulture assistant. It is used by permission. (laughs) 